In today's brief, we'll talk about captured commanders, preparing for winter, and trolls. I'm Linnea, and today is Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Before we get started, a quick reminder, we are still raising funds to buy pillows for the soldiers at the Vimiki Recovery Center near Lviv. Information on how to donate is in the description. And now the news from the front. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported that Russian losses on Monday included six tanks, three armored combat vehicles, or ACVs, seven artillery systems, one anti-aircraft system, 17 unmanned aerial vehicles, called UAVs or drones, and 450 personnel. This is the second day in a row of substantially fewer Russian losses reported by the GSAFU, particularly with regard to vehicles and artillery. We briefly touched on a few possible reasons for this in yesterday's episode, that reporting of losses could be incomplete, or there could have been a relative lull in combat operations. A likely scenario, considering the absurd number of artillery units Ukrainian forces have destroyed in the last few weeks, is that Russian forces have pulled remaining artillery further behind the line of defense. On top of that, according to the ISW, the weather hasn't been conducive to drone usage, which would almost certainly hinder Ukrainian efforts to locate and destroy Russian vehicles. In the eastern theater of operations, Ukrainian forces continue to conduct offensive operations east of the railway track near Klishchivka in Donetsk Oblast. Soldiers from the Ukrainian 3rd Separate Assault Brigade reported on Telegram that they had taken as prisoner the commander of the Alga Volunteer Battalion near Bakhmut, also in Donetsk Oblast. When asked about the state of Russian forces in the area, the captured commander reportedly said that a, quote, ton of people have been killed here. End quote. In the Southern Theater of Operations, the Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, reported on October 8th that Ukrainian forces continued to advance south towards Novoprokopivka, west towards Kopany, and east towards Virbove, all in the Meritopol direction in Zaporizhia Oblast. The poor weather conditions we talked about a moment ago came into play here, impacting Russian drone and aviation activity as well as the Ukrainians. Geolocated video from Sunday indicated that Ukraine may have conducted a successful precision strike on the railway just outside of Tokmak, with footage showing a destroyed Russian ammunition train. If the railway is significantly damaged, it could have a major debilitating effect on Russian logistics and, subsequently, Russian defensive operations in western Zaporizhia. On the home front, Russia carried out 53 strikes across Kherson Oblast, hitting residential areas, critical infrastructure, the grounds of a church, and a parking lot, killing one and injuring 18. Among the injured were a 9-month-old baby and an 11-year-old girl who, according to Kherson Oblast Governor Oleksandr Prokudin, quote, suffered extensive trauma. She has blast injuries and traumatic brain injury. There is bruising to her brain an open fracture of the left humerus, that's the large bone in the upper arm, multiple shrapnel wounds to her chest and neck, end quote. As temperatures continue to drop, Ukraine prepares for seasonal upticks in colds, flus, and Russian attacks on Ukrainian energy infrastructure. 
Sergei Popko, head of the Kyiv City Military Administration, wrote on Telegram about how Ukraine will manage through the winter, saying, quote, Last winter brought us both calamity and experience. End quote. In addition to building physical structures to protect power facilities, Ukraine has also reportedly prepared backup power supply circuits to minimize the impact any damage to infrastructure facilities has on the population. Speaking of calamitous, let's talk about the Russian Federation. Specifically, let's talk about Russian disinformation, which has increased dramatically in both proportion of the info space and incredulousness of the stories being pushed by Russia's troll farms. For example, Russian state media published allegations claiming that during a visit to the United States, First Lady of Ukraine Olena Zelenska purchased over a million dollars worth of jewelry from a Cartier boutique in New York. In reality, however, the receipt shown as proof of the purchase was dated when the First Lady was actually in Canada, and the social media account purportedly belonging to an ex-employee of the boutique turned out to be faked. In another manufactured scandal, a Russian telegram channel shared a screenshot they claimed was corporate correspondence to employees of the Ukrainian Nadia Care Service, in which the service's management asks employees to provide information about people over 60 who are in, quote, sufficient physical shape that they could serve in the army. The screenshot is a fake, however, and the information isn't true. A representative of the Nadia Care Service responded to the allegations, saying that the institution doesn't gather such information and that they provide care services for the very elderly aged 78 to 100. Quick context. During martial law and general mobilization in Ukraine, men can be mobilized up to the age of 60. So the disinformation campaign aims to make people believe that Ukraine is illegally mobilizing citizens who are no longer eligible for military service due to their age. Again, to be clear, the screenshot and the conversation it reportedly captured are entirely fake. The main intelligence directorate of the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine posted on Facebook about this last disinformation campaign. Russia has alleged that Ukraine sold Western weapons they received as military aid to Hamas terrorists, who are responsible for the recent atrocities in Israel. Of course, Russia wants to undermine Western support for Ukraine and to convince Western countries to stop supplying arms for Ukraine's defense. The fact of the matter, however, is that Russian military intelligence has already handed over U.S. and European-made trophy weapons captured during combat operations in Ukraine to Hamas, and also had Hamas representatives over to the Kremlin for meetings just a few months ago. It's not Ukraine that's cozy with Hamas. You know what? Let's talk about one more piece of Russian disinformation. In an effort to justify the horrific strike on Froza last week that killed more than half of the village's population while they attended a funeral, Russian UN representative Vasily Nebenzia claimed that, quote, there were many Ukrainian neo-Nazis there, end quote. No, there weren't. In News Worldwide, Danish Prime Minister Mette Frederiksen said during a NATO parliamentary assembly in Copenhagen on October 9th that, quote, brave Ukrainian men and women are fighting on the battlefield. They are the face of right against wrong, of good against evil. This invasion is a threat to the ideas our alliance is built on, 
freedom, democracy, the rule of law. We must be with Ukraine to the bitter end. None of us can claim war fatigue while Ukraine continues its tireless fight. Let us decide that war fatigue will not take place in our transatlantic community. End quote. Ukrainian Energy Minister Herman Khaloshchenko announced yesterday that Azerbaijan will be providing Ukraine with equipment for the restoration of the Ukrainian energy grid by the end of the year. Azerbaijan has already delivered 10 shipments of humanitarian aid for the energy sector since the start of the full-scale invasion last year, including 50 reserve stations and 45 power transformers. Let's talk military tech. The Spanish government announced that it will provide Ukraine with six Hawk anti-aircraft missile launchers to, quote, fight off possible Russian bombardments against civilian targets and critical infrastructure, end quote. Spain will also be providing corresponding training for Ukrainian soldiers and demining equipment. Ukrainian aerospace manufacturing company Antonov, known for the Antonov AN-225 Maria, which was the world's largest cargo plane before it was destroyed last year during the Battle of Antonov Airport in Hostomol, has joined the Aerospace Security and Defense Industries Association of Europe, or ASD. Antonov is the first Ukrainian company to join ASD, the largest aerospace and defense lobby in Europe, which is expected to strengthen ties between Ukrainian and European aerospace manufacturers. According to a Politico report citing U.S. Senator Chris Van Hollen, the United States is considering a three-way exchange that would provide Israeli Iron Dome air defense systems to Poland in exchange for Poland providing Patriot air defense systems to Ukraine. Israel has previously rejected the possibility of the U.S. supplying the Iron Dome to Ukraine, but Poland, as a NATO member, can receive the systems from the U.S. The Danish Ministry of Defense announced that it has purchased the Kruten Industrial Park in the northern part of the country in order to, quote, re-establish ammunition production in Denmark, end quote, according to Danish Defense Minister Trollslund Poulsen. The Kruten Industrial Park used to house Denmark's only ammunition factory until it stopped production entirely in 1968. Fun fact, the first factory on the site was functioning as far back as 1676. Ukraine estimates that it has destroyed over 6,700 Russian artillery units since the start of the full-scale invasion, roughly half of those destroyed since the lead-up to this summer's counteroffensive. In response, Russia designed a new artillery system mounted on a truck so it could better shoot and scoot, as it were, so they could fire and redeploy quickly to evade counter-battery fire, called the 2S-40 Flox Howitzer. Fun story, though. Defense Express reported the very next day that video had been released of a brand new 2S-40 Flox howitzer getting hit by Ukrainian counter-battery fire. I guess they didn't scoot fast enough. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to our work on Substack. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Do pobachenya!